podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Listeners, welcome to this week's Five Year Plan Podcast. Hooray! Bonus point. <laughs> bonus point. Bonus pod. Uh, no, it's the same pod as normal. It's pod 177. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well. And uh, we are sponsored, of course, by Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K. Very nice. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Very good, and that is go. the voice of the young Endicott, the young one, yes. Travis. How you back doing? Again, I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling Welcome happy. back. Oh, I'm glad and, to be and, back. And what our listeners couldn't see, obviously, was the fact that just before he led in to say oh, "I will," he rolled his sleeves up. Oh yeah, <laughs> did yeah, he yeah. mean oh, business? Yeah. Took a deep breath oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to do his best impersonation yeah. of his dad. Very good. Yeah, well done. Hair and everything. <clears throat> well done. And Kevin Day. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. That's a bonus point. That's, um, Absolute bonus point. Um, yeah. yeah. Unbeaten four games. Unbeaten. What's the best team in the league? Well, for England again. Here we go. Shall we start there then? Because. Start with me, we're being joined by Andy Street, who's, being, who's going to be late. As a so surprise. Andy Street's going to join us in part two. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do part one without him, and then he can yeah, he's, he can he's suing somebody. Or... Well, he can come back and talk about how good Hennessy was in in the Arsenal and Everton games uh, in part two. Well, yes, except, uh, and I seem to be the only person who's, who thinks this, but clearly the Arsenal goal was his fault. Okay. If, if he'd if he'd stayed on his line, he's played he's played, and yes, he's played very well against Everton and Arsenal, and I'm very pleased for him because I think he's always been a better goalkeeper than Andy Street would have us believe. Yeah. But he, he didn't have to rush off his line, and if mm. he'd stayed where he was, that was a very soft... One, it's a very good ball into the box. Yeah, it's a good it? ball into the box, but I, I thought it was interesting. And I, in a way, it's encouraging that he isn't getting stick, because five games ago, everyone would have been going yeah. absolutely crazy. Do you so think he would have done if we'd, if we'd lost 1-0? No, I think it, no. if that had been five games ago, if we hadn't had the performances we've had, mm. because... He's been part of a very encouraging upturn in form in the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Yeah, and clearly the back four. But again, Travis knows this better than I do because he's played football at a much higher level. But you don't know which comes first. You don't know whether the the back four confidence comes from Hennessy or his confidence mm-hmm. comes from them, or whether it's just pure coincidence or whether they like it that the clocks have gone forward. You don't know. But yeah. for, for whatever mm-hmm. the reason, the back four and a goalkeeper are clearly are clearly playing better as a unit. The midfield are more tenacious, and or is it simply because we've managed to get a couple of clean sheets in there? You well, know? again, that's I mean that's the encouraging thing that's been almost overlooked is that not only have we gone from two points in fourteen games or whatever it is to six points in four, mm-hmm. but within that is two clean sheets where we didn't have any for twelve games, and I, I presume it's what we've always talked about is that we get the first one and then another one following. Mm. The fact is as well, we've gone from six games in a spin losing at home to winning one and drawing one mm-hmm. 
and the away points have been at Arsenal and West Ham and it, I don't care what sort of dip Arsenal and West Ham are having in form you only have to look at the league table and their results to see that they are really difficult places to get points from and in both games we were a goal down as well yes which well, again was... that's, that's the other thing we talked about long and hard is that we lost that knack of of coming back from those sorts of situations well it situations. felt to me for the first time uh, I guess in the West Ham but certainly in the Arsenal game it felt like for the first time since 2015 even a goal down it felt like we're still in this mm. I felt I think, oh we can still get back into this regardless of the possession so uh, what's been encouraging to you then Travis in the, in the last couple of games it's the confidence of the whole team it just seems like we've settled down again at the beginning of the season that we hit the floor running and it was a uh, Goals, goals, winning games, picking up points here and there, we weren't losing an awful lot. And then it, all the injuries happened, it all fell to pieces. But it feels like for the past few games, we've had a. Our back five has been good for the past three games. Hennessy's picked it up again. Yeah. I think that goal on the weekend was a mix of Soare, Dan, and yeah, Hennessy. Yeah. I think it was all three of them could have all done better. Yeah. But the midfield, Yedinak has taken his time to find his feet again, but I think he's done that and he's looking like a better player again. Um. Yeah, just feel Kabai, you know, he's still not the player was at the beginning of the season, but it just feels like our team is a bit more stable at the moment and it's helping us a lot. There isn't players jumping around the I team think, often. I think as well is that it obviously helps that more and more players are available again because now Pardew can make changes because he wants to because mm. he, and he has mixed and matched a little bit, certainly in the midfield and up front. Still went back to that four four two option in the first half on Sunday, yeah. which none of us agree with. But he that has been, especially yeah, absolutely. Works. But he's been making changes because he's been able to, not because he has to. So it's not, it's not suddenly putting square pegs into round holes. It's just that he's got the opportunity to go right. I'll use this player for mm. that game. And something I know, Pardew's been very keen to stress the importance of that meeting on, on the Friday night before the West Ham game, the clear the air meeting, which apparently is, is in no way about. Added by his wages, but as about whatever, but whatever the meeting was about, Pardew, and of course he's taking the credit for it, but he's indicating that's what's led to this change. But it is interesting, just the body language and the demeanour. You just even Nadi Bayor laughing on the touchline with the other subs. There just seems to be a, f- a it bit more freedom, more relaxed. Yeah, more relaxed. The whole just, thing just seems to be more relaxed. Just, yeah, there just seems to be, and obviously the Norwich result helped, but mm. since especially since this, just seems to be a little weight off the so shoulders. Did we did we ever pa- did we over panic a bit as fans? I think I think it's too soon. I think once mm. the season's over, I think we probably will say that we did. Yeah, I think we probably will say that we forgot how well we did before Christmas but if you think about yeah. it the points that we have picked up in the last few games you're looking at uh, Newcastle and Sunderland winning a couple games and you know if we haven't picked up these six points yeah. Or yeah, it, could, I, it could look a lot di- or yeah, four points yeah. could look a lot different now and we could still be and panicking I, I, I think I think you're entitled to panic when you've only won two or only got two points and when you're the last team in the whole of the the entire football pyramid yeah. and, and it's yeah. interesting I did an interview with Talk Sport on Sunday and they, they were really interested in this idea that no one seriously talked about Pardew being sacked mm-hmm. which again is, is good but well, why I, was I, that? I, I don't I think it's because Palace fans maybe are more sensible than other fans and that you really like when you look at it in the cold light of day you can't suddenly go from being the best t- in the calendar year however you count it last year mm. the end of one season to the start of the next we were the second best team in the country and he built up enough credit for that and I think fans realised also because fans saw the games as well and, and the 
we've said this before, apart from Villa and apart from Bournemouth and maybe a little bit, they were, we weren't outplayed. It, it was no. just, there was an element, we were always in the game, so I think people could see... Mm what was happening but I still and also with the injuries as well yeah absolutely it wasn't just as we everyone said saw week. his fault in a few things but it wasn't yeah. predominantly just down to him yeah. yeah as we said last week as Gordon Strecker said if you take you know if at any time you've got Kabai, Balassi uh, Wickham Wickham McArthur Punch and yeah. missing any teams are going to struggle but I still think it's interesting that even allowing for those things I think 9 out of 10 other teams would have sat the manager mm-hmm. and we've seen Somebody show. I mean, there's been 13 managers sacked since between Christmas and now across the divisions. Yeah, and well, some of the managers calls, were there. there. were some Palace fans who it were saying never, he should there go. There was never a bit tug in cheek sometimes. Yeah, like, it was, there was never really a sort of proper mm. groundswell. There's always the, the, the thing is there would have been Palace fans wanting him to go if we finished sixth. Because yeah. there's, there's fans like that at every club, you know. Yeah, if we don't, because so. again, the other thing is that the other thing that Leicester have done is put pressure on. Because now next season, every everyone like West Brom fans are going to be going. Well, why can't we win the league? Mm-hmm. Or why we can't? We? And that's yeah. sort of put pressure on the rest of the the rest of the managers, if you like, including Pardew. But no, there was never. I mean, you never heard. There was no concerted chance at the game. Of course, there were always tweets and stuff, but they never take it seriously. And interestingly, most of the tweets I saw were kind of shouted down by. Mm. But because, and let's face it, we would have been here because, I, yeah, I was saying before Christmas, I wanted Pardew to stay for five years, wanted him to build the infrastructure from top to bottom. So it'd be. Having said that, I still think if we'd lost to West Ham and Norwich, you'd be. I'd be. Well, there does come a tipping point at some point. Well, it has, to, it? It has, it has, it has to, to be. But clearly, clearly, I think we all agreed that the players. Never seemed to lose mm. faith in him, but and I'd, I would love to know what happened at that, that fateful meeting on the on the Friday night. I don't think we'll ever find out. No, we won't. But clearly, but I, I thought as well. I thought Adibayor looked five times better than he had done before. He looked really fired on. up for when he came on. Yeah, well, I wonder if I wonder if Travis every week. But do you think? Do you think, really do you think that's what it was? No, yeah, definitely. He's someone that you can just watch him. Everything he does, he thrives. He thrives off people that like him. It reminds me of the early Ronaldo when he was at Man United, mm. when he was getting booed and torn to shreds, especially after Euro 2004 with the Rooney incident. Yeah, completely torn to shreds, but thrived off it and played better because of it. And Adebayor, he just highlight when he scored the goal for City, he runs yeah. all the way up just to wind up the other team. He likes. Yeah. He likes being the centre of attention, whether it's positive or negative. Say any attention is good attention, mm. and that that's something with him. And when he picked up that ball, when he's run half the length of the pitch, and he's held it up past Blassi and boom, goal. And just think, there we go. He's he's going to go home and have a good night's sleep and have a smile on his face now because <laughs> he's come off the bench, soaked up the booze, and then given an assist. Yeah, sounds like you're dead coming off the bench, soaking <laughs> up the booze. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what was encouraging about uh, Adibayor? And I, I, I thought you probably Travis is probably right that he was pumped up at his Arsenal, but. That run he made, that energy and that power and that pace, you think that's closer to the Adibayo we thought we were getting. Mm, yeah. And I know he's put some good headers in, uh, especially towards the end against Everton, but mm-hmm. you kind of think if, if he could do that in the middle of the pitch, that's the player we thought we were mm. we were getting. Because again, that's the other thing, you've, you've, you kind of forget how good a player he was. Because he was, mm. it was unplayable at the time. I mean, yeah. just, you didn't often see it, but when he 
chose to do that. His yeah. whole stature gives off a, yeah. a weird impression. Unless he is playing really well, you just think, how's this guy actually playing football? Yeah. It's a bit like a Peter Crouch thing sometimes. Yeah. He looks a bit gangly sometimes. And then he does make a run. You think, how, how on earth has the ball stayed so close to his feet? Yeah, yeah. And you think, actually, no, he's really good. But then... Has he, has he, he shown you that, Well, Peter Crouch, so Peter Crouch is shit in here. That's the bizarre thing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's really probably actually Crouch a much better deceptively good player yeah. on the ground. So, yeah. has anybody all given you guys any hint that we should even think about keeping him in the summer no, no. I haven't had that from no, him at all no. No. I would still pick Wickham over him not if, if we, he was fit yeah. not if we had to pay all his whatever wages whatever it is and, yeah. it was, and it was that much money but what it's given me hope that it sounds like you'll probably start at Old Trafford tomorrow night mm-hmm. and well, all three of his goals against Man United will come at Old Trafford yeah. in the Premier League yeah, that's, really, a good oh, good stat. that's good a stat. great stat but also it gives you a bit more hope for the semi-final because he's definitely another option mm-hmm. I mean, if, he, if he's if, he, if he's only fit enough to play half an hour, I mean that's a good option to have. Yeah. So were we lucky against Arsenal, Travis, or was it just a sort of a good, uh, solid defensive display? Because we didn't have much of the ball. I don't think it was luck. I think it was it was defensive. We've been sound. Delaney with my man the match. Suarez had a lot better game than usual. There's Hennessy pulled off a couple of amazing saves. The one with the shoulder. Yeah. Um, against Welbeck. Yeah. And I just it was. We I, at times. Previously this season, we've been in those situations. I think we've been riding our luck a bit when we've managed to not concede or not concede in those last 15 minutes. We've been quite bad at that. But this game, it looked like we were. So it looked like the team under Pulis a little bit that we we didn't actually look like we were going to concede. Mm-hmm. They they Arsenal always have the thing where they have the ball and they keep it in your third a lot, but they never seem to really look very threatening at all. Mm. I think their first shot on target was the header, mm. wasn't it from yeah. from yeah. Sanchez? So well, I, and also their goal I came never from a mistake from Jedna, yeah. didn't it? So it wasn't really them it's, probing; it was yeah. us giving the ball away. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to tell watching it on TV because you don't get a sort of picture of the whole shape of the game. But I don't think we were lucky. And I think more importantly. None of the Arsenal fans or Wenger said we were lucky. Basically, what all the Arsenal fans said was they've seen that game played yeah. 30 yeah. times. Yeah, I'm sure they have. Well, it's the same it's thing exactly with Arsenal for the last it's 10 exactly seasons. The same thing. And they're, yeah. they're the team who've their stats, I can't remember what it is, but they keep the lead le- less long than any other team in the Premier League. They, mm. they, they, and they invariably score the first goal, mm. can't get the second one. And the fact is that at the end, we look more likely to score than, than they did. Now, it was. It was very encouraging. It was a very mm. encouraging, and it was a. Def- there's no point denying it was a defensive performance. That's a mm. perfectly valid part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And Pardew afterwards, I thought was really interesting in his analysis when he said we thought they might score the first goal, but we'd looked at them playing, and we we've seen that the longer you hang on, the more likely it is it's going to be the away team yeah. that, that scores mm. the second goal. And that Hennessy save with the shoulder is really interesting. He didn't get half the credit he deserved for that save. No, I think the match of the day commentator was the one who said. You know, smacked him on the shoulder. It was a great save. He was out. He, was, he spread yeah, his body so well. Yeah, the worrying thing is that Adi Bayor should never be in our penalty. He can't defend. <laughs> no. He simply he, can't defend. When, when the ball drops to him, he jumps up and tries to kick it. You just yeah. you got your fingers crossed. It's almost like yeah. Suarez sometimes. Yeah, but he, he, jumps he, yeah. he, just, he just needs to be told just, just yeah. stay there, stay up the other end, do what you do, keep keep a defender occupied. But but Hennessy's reactions were really quick, and he spread himself really quick. So that was a genuine, a I genuine mean, save. And there is no doubt with Hennessy. Much. I mean, it's, oh, I do think he was partly to foot, but as was Suarez and Dan. But he ha- he has really improved, and it's interesting as well that Dan gave an interview to the Standard last week when he talked about basically nothing but Hennessy, saying mm-hmm. uh, saying what a uh, brave keeper he was because he knew he'd put his hand up in the dressing room and knew that he'd made mistakes. That's interesting, and and. He was clearly implying that Pardew had said to him, "Look, you're my first choice goalkeeper. Don't worry about it." But he said, Hennessy put his hand up 
admitted that he'd made mistakes and just kept playing. And and I think, do you know what? It, it, I, I had this conversation with somebody the other day, a Palace fan I bumped into on the tube, it happens a lot. But it, you, it, it might be, it might just be, you know, that we talk about Hennessy in the future the way we talk about Jules and his first half a season mm. for us. Mm. That it might be that he just does settle down and become a really good goalkeeper because Pardew clearly has a lot of faith in him. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't. That if we, we probably will get another keeper in, but not to be first choice. I would. I, mm. I, from well, what would you guys do? Because we've done this pod before, and we, we might have to look at a new keeper. I, from what I can, I, from what I can gather, Pardew really, really rates him, and I've, we've known. We've talked about Pardew's stubbornness before. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we'll be looking for another keeper, and no. and. Off the back of the recent performances, I'm less fussed about that than I would have been, say, in February or March. And I think, logically, if we can improve the depth of the back four, then I, I don't. I don't. I think Hennessy's probably low down the list of problem. priorities. Yeah, priorities and problems. I think. I'd, is, ra- I'd rather strengthen the left back area than yeah, the goalkeeper area yeah. and things like that at the moment. It's yeah, but even but even Suarez suddenly in the past couple of games it looks like it looks like he's capable of defending, and but they are clearly. It looks to me, regardless of the mythical Friday night meeting, it looks like they've done a lot of work on the training pitch, mm-hmm. just in terms of the back four. I don't know if they have, but it just looks like they're they're more cohesive, they're they're more together as a unit, mm. and their first priority is defence. At the moment, and I think uh, Travis is right. The two the two centre backs are back to their touchwood, are back to their sort of early season form. And you know, Delaney's never going to be a footballing centre back, but he's back to that. It's mm-hmm. almost that Robert Hoof type. You know, whatever by whatever means, you you got to work really hard to get to get past them. Yeah, and Delaney also had an amazing game against Reading as well, and that was his turnaround in the season. I think for him get, getting back into the form he is now, and it's the whole back four. It's just it's so much easier to watch, mm-hmm. so it's less stressful to watch. And Hennessy, yeah. the one thing I have to say about Hennessy, he's done amazingly well because in the past few home games in the past month, there has been some of the Julian Spironi chance coming yeah. from this thing, and I hate that. You know, if, he, yeah. if, if Hennessy's in goal, yeah. you support Hennessy. But in the past couple of weeks, you know, there's been a couple of arguments in the stands. People have started singing his name again, yeah. and you, that type of thing is built built his confidence as so well. We just need to give players a bit more yeah. time. I mean, he's well as his number one. He's a big lad. He's yeah, got he's, yeah. he's, he's got a great great distribution of the ball. In fact, in the Watford game was on the Nor- the Norwich game. He was, wasn't too good there. But I mean, he's he's got he's got the whole package, and it's always been a bit odd. I've always found it hard to not like him in a way he's made loads of mistakes and it's all pointing in a direction like why, why are you sporting this guy but there's always been something about him that I've liked and it's yeah. finally proven and in the past couple of weeks let's yeah. be fair he's, he hasn't been the only one making mistakes I know it's been in, a lot of people part, and, exactly. and the thing is as well with Dan and Delaney for all the praise that we've given him I would still hope to bring in another centre back I think that has to happen just the, purely because of Delaney's age yeah I mean yeah. I would love yeah I'll, I'll God forbid he's listening to this but I'm sure he'd understand that I would love if Delaney was Hangerland, I would love Delaney to be the first choice reserve. You see, I mean, I love him in the squad. But mm. who do you think is listening, Delaney or <coughs> either of them? Oh, okay. <coughs> I don't think either of them listen to the pod. Uh, Delaney might. He's an intelligent lad. Damien. No, he might. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an intelligent yeah. podcast, isn't it? Yeah, so. he doesn't like yeah. Robert Sutherland much, but you know, <laughs> after his questions about <laughs> thrashing Charlton in that particular pod, I don't think Brenda Brenda listen. He's not even on Twitter. Brenda, so I think. I think he avoids all kind of reading philosophy somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I think Delaney would be a really important squad member. But I think the other thing. With the with the back four, especially with the two central defenders, is 
the fact that literally whoever's been playing in central midfield has been better in the past five mm-hmm. or six games as well, yeah. Yeah. which is always going to improve the the centre backs lot. They're always going to play better if they if they're not having to deal with as much as they have been dealing with. Kabay has played a lot better, hasn't he? Kabay has. Jedinak is, and you know, hats off to Jedinak really because turned it round. We were we were one of the many people that were saying thanks and goodbye mm-hmm. to Jedi we, and. And none of us said it with a lightheartedly, and we're, we're all sad to say it. But you know, you, you really have to admire the character of that man because he's 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 turned it around, and he's and he's not by becoming a better player, but by just doing what he does, yeah, doing, yeah. doing it really well. And it's just you, you kind of increasingly you need somebody like that in, in every team. But for for the way we play, he's brilliant, and it's just. Again, it comes back to that what we talked about before. It lifts the confidence of all the other players when he's out there because he's like the boss on the pitch. He is, he's, but he's, the only thing, I, the only know. problem I kind of have with him is he's one of those players. I don't think if we want to move forward as a club, I think he's one of those players that will have to come off the bench. I think sometimes, but he's not. He doesn't keep up his uh, his standard if he's not playing week yeah. in, week out. Yeah. He's not one of those players you can bring on because as soon as McArthur and Kabai pushed him out of the team for the first half of the season, got injured, he came back and it has taken him yeah. a yeah. month and a half to get back to where he was again, and then. Once McCarthy now comes back, and I presume those two might finish off the rest of the season. McCarthy and Kabai, it might drop off, and then next season it's the same story again. It takes mm. a while for him yeah, to get back I, into it. Yes, yeah, so I should I should add a caveat to what I just said about Jednak is that with uh, as much as I acknowledge what a character he is, again he's one of those players who next season you hope is a squad player, not yeah, because yeah he's, he's one of several positions that we need. So we still think, despite this upturn in form, we still need changes in the summer. Yeah, we still oh, need you, changes, you yeah. you, Despite all the excuses we've made for, and we've done it tonight, for the bad run of form, mm-hmm. you can't ignore two points from four. You can't ignore that run of form. No. And of course, if we want to move forward, because we know that next season, you know, every club is going to be buying better players because they've got the money to do so. And we, mm-hmm. we're simply going to have to be one of those. We'll, we'll, we'll have to improve just to stand still. Or is really? it more yeah. that you have to prepare for these issues? Yeah, when they well, that's, see, again, that's another thing is that you kind of hope that they've learned a lesson from the January transfer window and that they will have yeah. transfer targets in mind. But then again, see, I don't know how much of it. Would, yeah, I presume it's easier to sell a club who are 15th than it is to sell a club who have just avoided relegation. Yeah. But you'd like to think they've got targets in mind. And it, it does sound from what the club have been saying and from certain press reports that we've improved our scouting. Mm. January is a hard month to, to buy players, though, isn't it? Oh, yes. it's, it's a it, real sort of heightened market. It's a it's a mess, really, it, isn't it? It is. It it is. But and again, there are arguments either way because Norwich spent a lot of money and it hasn't really helped them. But I I think that they should have done better in the time. But I absolutely agree. And the clubs hate the transfer window, but mm. there was a massive element of complacency and. Just bringing Adiboy in wasn't enough. But having said that, they would argue why would they bring in extra wages, but pay extra money when the team and had it looks been like doing it's that? Pretty much done the job anyway. Yeah, this was yeah. still there. And he's been good for no, us. That's, the last a, well, that's, of games. Tra- yeah. that's, that's a fair point, Travis. Actually, yes, um, so. we were talking about the back four, and then we moved on. And I forgot to mention. I've made a note now. I forgot to mention it. Uh, Joel Ward, because we talked about him in previous pods and saying, "Oh, maybe he's not quite up to scratch anymore." What do you think of him in the last couple of games, Kevin? Do you think he's Claiming his spot back, or, or or again another player that needs to be replaced in the summer. Oh, Joel Ward, when he's at his best, is a really good Premier League defender. It's just that for whatever reasons, we he, we haven't seen him at his best, and he hasn't 
been as good for Pardew as he was for Pulis, I yeah. don't think. But mm. I still think I'd, I would be perfectly happy. Dan and Ward would be the two I would be. I wouldn't worry about keeping. None of them. Look, if we were to start next season with the same back four, I wouldn't be that unhappy. But we know that left back is an issue. Yeah. We know that we need another centre back. But I just I think Joel Ward is slowly inching his way back to to where he was. Mm. And again, I don't know if it's confidence, I don't know if it's training or whatever it is, that Friday night meeting, who knows, it might have been here. The more you mention it, it's become <laughs> this, this mythical thing. thing, who knows. Friday night meeting. They obviously, they obviously all hugged it out. But, you yeah. know. Hashtag FNM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I think he's slowly but surely... Yeah, but it, do you know, Travis will, will know this better than I... But it, it's, it's sometimes hard... You don't know whether to criticise individuals in the back four or the back four, because you don't know which comes... Mm. First, the, the sort of tactical nous of the unit or the individual performance of each player. Because sometimes you look at teams like that, you know, a player in the back four can have an off day, but they still defend yeah. really well. But you, again, you don't know whether it's because people in front of Ward are working harder. But I think there's been really encouraging signs from, from Joel Ward. Can definitely. I ask you this, though, Travis? Uh, given that we just talked about Soiree being mm. a bit on and off the ball and Joel Ward, what has Martin Kelly got to do to get in the team? Good, good question. <laughs> good, well, he scored against scored against Tottenham. Yeah, you know, came and had a good game there. But I've always fancied him as more of a centre back, and he fancies himself as more of a centre back as well. Maybe um, the man for next season. Then, if we're talking about Damo, awesome. or tomorrow, I don't know. Though. I don't know. It's just always or yeah, or Wednesday. Ah, uh, I don't know. I, I've always I'm a fan of pacey right backs and left backs anyway, which Joel Ward and Martin Kelly both don't have, mm. in my opinion. And I've said it before, I do believe that fullback at the at the present day is probably one of the most important positions on the whole pitch because you, you pretty much dominate a whole flank at the moment. It's a very which is why Suarez, I've always liked Suarez, although his defensive work hasn't been very good generally, but has improved. It's something that Joel Ward hasn't been able to offer us that much, which is the I think if Joel Ward is in the championship he'd be very good because it's the pace isn't as high yeah. there. But I think that Joel Ward's often better suited as somebody almost in a Yedinak defensive holding midfield position because he's, he's, he's good on the ball. Mm. He, he gets into the position, he's good at the ball at his feet, but it's just the pace that he doesn't have to be the, a right back. It's, mm. it's strange that. But it's, at the end of the day, he is solid and he does do his defensive job and I'd rather have a right back that can defend rather than one yeah. that's well, really so good got the opposite. Suarez and Ward are the opposite yeah, 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 basically. Yeah, they and, are I think, much, I think, yeah. and I think that's probably been one of the problems in the three months that we weren't very good is that it was totally unbalanced because yeah. Soiree was nearly always yeah. 20 yards ahead of Ward and, and you've it, got three at the backs well, it's pushing so, yeah, over basically, yeah, and, yeah. The, and the Leicester game was the classic example the, the amount of space Mahrez got down that left hand side because Soiree yeah. was almost always in front of him so and Wilf doesn't track back so Wilf, as much yeah, yeah, and then, so le- and then Ledley right. was coming across to try and get to Mahrez leaving a massive gap yeah, but it's interesting thing about the fullback because 20 years ago the fullback was the player the least good footballer was a oh yeah, yeah. that's why it I was a fullback in my Sunday league team. He's like, <laughs> yeah. they were oh wait, t- I'm fullback now. For yeah, my no, but they were, but, but they were the players that didn't have to play football, even less than the centre back. And now suddenly the fullbacks have to be footballers. But the Kelly thing's also interesting. Every Liverpool fan you talk to, every Palace fan you talk to, every England fan you talk to, all say, yeah, yeah, Kelly's going to be a centre back. The only people who don't seem willing to take that risk are people yeah, who manage people, him, yeah, because no one's. For for some reason, obviously, uh, seen under, under what circumstances, no matter what circumstances are, he's not being given the right centre back, mm. and it's not just Pardew. It's that, so I just wonder whether we've got the wrong end of the stick about Kelly's potential. But he does well at fullback. 
I think, it does, it's, I think I, it's, solid. I, it's, it's a question if you look back over 177 pods I know which was Travis Bourne even <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's, it's, I would say in the past 18 months to since that, that question is probably one of the questions you've yeah. asked more than any other what it's does Martin Kelly have to do and it always comes to the same always conclusion a question well. because you never it's like Travis says whenever he does play everyone goes Oh, I think we've solved that problem. Yeah, it's yeah. like after the top game, yeah. I said in the cup, you go, "All oh, right, great." And then you just disappears again. Yeah, he disappears for four yeah. months. So whether whether it's to do with Pardew's stubbornness, I don't know. Or you know, clearly, you never hear a peep out of him about wanting to to leave. But in fact, come the time, surely. Fact, when he well, says, "Hang on, do, do you, I've got to go," you'd, you'd think so, and you'd think, "Is he still young?" You'd think you'd get a good, especially without a chance as well. Yeah, but. The only chance he had was Liverpool away last season. Yeah, we talked about earlier, and he did did the job then. It's just yeah. yeah. And he's he's never moaned. In fact, the opposite. In fact, the only time you ever hear anything from him is him saying, "I'm really glad to be part of the squad." And, mm. and clearly there is something. But he looks he looks. I mean, it's interesting because tomorrow night we've you know, these these strange injuries that we've picked up that only last five yeah, days <laughs> that we, we yeah. can guarantee are going to be they're definitely like going to be recovered by Sunday. So he, he it might be that he gets a chance tomorrow night, but I. It, it strikes me that centre back is a hard position to come into. I mean, you, you, you'd imagine if we've got real problems tomorrow, they'll put Angerland in because it is a, yeah, it's a specialist position, isn't it? And it's a, it's a hard one because yeah, centre backs over the course of time they do get a relationship, they do yeah. work together well. Yeah, and they're like the keeper in a way, aren't they? They're, 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 they're yeah, the little bit. Yeah, will start. Yeah. You know, you look yeah. at John Terry's and things. That they're, mm. It's always centre backs that are players that have played the whole ninety minutes of every yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, so and that is Dan, that is Dan Delaney's strength, isn't it? Yeah. It is their partnership. Absolutely, because you know Dan is a more footballing of the two, and Delaney's the proper old-fashioned mm-hmm. stopper. That arguably, you know, there's only really sort of Hoof, Morgan, Delaney. There's not that many of them left in yeah. the in the Premier League because everyone everyone wants football yeah, and centre yeah, basically yeah. which I, exactly. I'm not entirely sure is it seems to work quite well for Leicester and for Delaw yeah. I think there's still room for that yeah. that sort of centre back but it 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 is it's mystifying work because as I say it's Kelly always, whether he's left back or right back he, look, he looks alright Everywhere, but you know, I but you you presume it's a, it's a discussion he has with. I don't know if he was at the set the Friday night meeting. I don't know if he decided <laughs> while, while we're here, boss. Hashtag FNM. Can we while we're here? Can I just raise a question? No, oh, it's I can't. Not, it's not him about doing you. That. But it's you imagine he's clearly part of the plans. Mm. So but, I was going to come into this pod and, and and you know before the last ten minutes on 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 Sunday, ask what's happened to Yannick Balassi recently because he's been. Uh, probably one of our poorest players, but well, then think, he scores that goal. I think we know what's happened. It's just it's been played out of position. It's Pardew bafflingly trying to keep on with this experiment to play, and, and as soon as he switched it again, same as West Ham. As soon yeah, as, as, soon went, as he goes on to the as wing. soon as he goes back on the wing, and we play one up front, he looks much better. The shape looks much better. Yeah. We look much more offensive. Mm. It's interesting that he's he's you know he clearly decided that Zahar needs a bit of a rest and isn't going to start games, but. Mm. As it, you know, that last twenty minutes, it looked like Palace of old, Balassians are half firing yeah. on all cylinders on both flanks, and you just look. It's so difficult to defend against. I mean, the, I mean, the goal was great, but uh, again, that was mainly Adebayor's power. I, I think 
I just think Czech was beaten by the yeah. Czech expected it in the other corner. He didn't expect the yeah. We, didn't expect the power. It's such a clean connection with the shot. Well, so also, you watch also the replay of that and the way it's moved through the air, it's, it's hard to stop. You got a hand to it as well. He did, yeah. but you'd, you'd guess Travis as well that he probably didn't expect him to shoot because mm. you know Punchin's goal, notwithstanding against Norwich, I imagine that most people who scout Palace will go. They, Seem to be terrified of shooting, but the way he was shaking up, it looked like he was going to have a corner. It did look, yeah, but Sacco's the only one who seems to try a shot. And, and apart from Lee's goal at Stoke, we don't, we're not a team that try our luck from outside the box. Yeah. Well, so almost uh, our goals for set pieces. So, yeah, so I don't think I don't stand. think they would have been expecting it. But and then again, you saw in the last minute with Zaha going forward, it's so difficult. They're both so difficult to defend against. Yeah. and I'd say Pardew does deserve credit that he's probably not getting because at West Ham and at Arsenal. Two away games. He he really he made really offensive changes. They were oh, yeah. really positive attacking changes. It, well, he always does. To be honest, it's, it's, yes, he, ne- yeah. he never draws a game. Party. Yeah, well, exactly. There, 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 was, there was no attempt to just lose it by one goal and you know take yeah. the dignity. He really went to try and win it. And I thought it was it was, it was really good that we were the, the, the team that looked most likely to score. And, but again, just to say going forward, it, they, they're so difficult to defend against. And Zaha. I, I'd be interested to know whether Zahar, what Zahar thinks about his new role as a sort of impact substitute, but he just comes on fresh mm. and he just, it just puts so much doubt into him. That was Norwich as well, because like, Norwich was sort of holding on against us. We were the better team, but suddenly Zahar comes on and you could see them going, oh, jeez, it's another yeah. real problem to deal with. Mm. And it was because they were sort of double-teaming him that, that Punching found out a little bit of space to get behind Well, do you think Pardew does that to get the best out of Wilf sometimes? I, they drop him, it just sort of gives him a kick up the backside of it. There was no point trying to second-guess why Pardew does anything, <laughs> basically. I, and I don't know whether it's because Zahar's carrying a knock or whether, yeah. whether he simply wants to try other options or again it's because of what we spoke about earlier on that we have other players available so he doesn't need to play Wilf from the start mm. which and I think that's another important thing and the improvement is that apart from McArthur they're all available and it's giving mm. us options and it's much better to be able to decide to make changes than have to make them and you know and, and it's quite clear we've said this again all through the season it's quite clear that our first 11 it's a good team. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, just, it's, good team. it's just the squad that's the... How do you feel, Travis, about the half-time subs? Because, yes, Pardew is, is confident enough to make a sub at half-time. If he keeps making half-time subs, is that an admission of failure in the first half? No, oh, he has to be, really, doesn't it? You don't make... If everything's going well, you're not, he's not going to make changes then. Well, it's not necessarily a failure, is it? It's more of a thing if it... Well, like we said, he's an attacking manager. He wants to win games. He either wins them or loses them. You very rarely draw a game under Pardew. Mm. Well, recently we've had we've had a couple <laughs> no. of draws, ironically. But when he brings people on at half time, it's always because he has that. He, he always has the. Well, you, it's, it's, it's hard to think about. I don't think it's a fail. It's more of him. He's just a confident manager, and he thinks he knows best. And he will bring someone on at half time with 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 a vision. And he's done it a couple of times. That has worked. Punch coming on at half time mm. earlier on in the season has done its job. And changing the wings around um, at half time, it does does do a job because it throws it throws teams off. Because I think with us as a team, we're quite predictable. In, well, every team's kind of predictable. We're, you have your game plan, but we're a team that attacks down the wings. And if you play a whole half with with two wingers and then switch it up at half time, we'll switch up one one part. It can throw a team completely, and that might be the game plan sometimes. Yeah, I it, think... it, so sometimes it might be a thing. Right, we play him who's not not as fast, and suddenly bring on the player with pace, and it's thrown them completely. Or suddenly bring on Punchin, who is going to be a bit more attacking, and then take off, you know, Ledley, who's mm. someone who holds, and suddenly they're dealing with four attacking players instead of just three, and it 
I think Men- I, it's mental games as well I think yeah. Travis has put his finger on it with the words game plan because I think if you were to say to Pardew is that an admission of failure he'd be horrified because I think what he would say is that the plan is you go away to places like West Ham and Arsenal you set up in a particular way to get to the 60 minute mark in the game hopefully nil-nil or maybe snatching a, a, a lead and then you change it up and you bring on the players that can mm-hmm. that, you know you spend an hour wearing them down basically and then you bring the offensive players on to change yeah. the change the shape of the game and, and to nick the goal that you that you need, I think is what he would say. And but if you're doing it at half time, is that just no? After I, I suspect, I, I think you should give him the benefit of the doubt and put a positive spin on it and say that's what he was always going to do mm-hmm. and and saying well it's worked, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is it worked against West Ham? Worked against Norwich? Worked against? Arsenal. Arsenal yeah well maybe, maybe yeah. we don't have to look at if a failure will probably be coming to half time and not having anything to do yeah not being able to make any changes yeah. the fact that he's managed to bring people on at half time and change games that's can't look at that a failure at all it's well, well also again, positive you've come in with more than one idea and let's be fair and it, it harks back to something we've already mentioned several times uh, he's got better players to, to leave on the bench now yeah because in the past we the players on the bench aren't game changers. Lee, God love him. I know the goals don't, but mm-hmm. we haven't had players that you can go. Oh, great, he's on the bench. You know, Fraser Campbell was like you don't. But when you're looking at the bench, when you can afford to leave people like Zahar Sacco on the bench that you can bring on, punch and that you're talking about bringing good players on that can change mm-hmm. the way you play, can inject pace and inject skill, and that's where. That's what I say. Like Norwich must have been looking at the Palace bench, and then half, you know, halfway through the game, they go, oh, you know. Mm, yeah. So that's. I think that's more to do with the fact that people are back fit again. Even you know, punting has been really good since. He's yeah. Been back. Even yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. even even if you've got even if you're resting Kabai and he's on the bench, they're going to be looking over, going, Gee, they got Kabai to come on, or they got MacArthur to come on. So it's it's and that's what we need. That's the big thing that we need to do next season is make sure that every player that comes on. Is either as good as a pay, the person they're replacing, or is a game changer? Is better. Yeah, so, not just literally and, fresh and Pardew will just look at it and go, "Look, I've had my squad back, and, and in the past four games we've yeah. we've got six points. After two points in twelve, we've got six in four, and and we've looked. I know we looked nervy against Norwich, and there were times against Everton, but we played all right. We did Everton. better against Everton yeah. than Norwich. I yeah. Think. So we look more like the Palace of old, and again, it's that. It's the opposite of a vicious circle, isn't it? It just breeds confidence, and it. And the, the fact is, we we go to old go to Old Trafford tomorrow night, not you know, not panicking, not not necessarily. Again, any point would be a bonus, but mm-hmm. if United play as lamely as they did against Villa, mm-hmm. yeah. and they've got a semi final on Saturday, and yeah. I would argue that, you know, Watford and Palace fans would be disappointed if they don't get to the final, but that's it. Everton and Man U fans possibly for both clubs both managers jobs are on the line I think and I think Man United will be more cautious than us of anything tomorrow night mm-hmm. in terms of it'll be really interesting to see what team Van Hull picks so okay. I don't think we need to go it'll be interesting to see the way the game is played generally yeah it will well. be yeah I mean you you would expect a fairly limp on the draw but we if this game had been four or five weeks ago you'd write it off and now you don't because yeah. we're going up there in, in a completely different frame of mind can I impart one with a question to you chaps which is you just did I did. Yeah, you're right. Uh, another question. Are we safe? Um, you seriously expected me to answer that out loud after the stick I've been getting <laughs> since January when I had the temerity to suggest that we, you know, our 21-point cushion or whatever it was might be good enough. It's, 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 we're safer. 
Yeah. And I, I think it's really interesting. You know, the bookies are the people you look at. And it's it's interesting that they've even... There was a slight element on Saturday night of trying to inject a bit of tension into it by still including us in the graphic yeah. for relegation, which the point that Arsenal ruined a little bit because yeah. no one even bothers to show. It's the... I'm, I'm not going to really. say we're safe, but it, it looks increasingly like it's yeah. it's two out of those. Yeah. Well, the statisticians give us zero point zero one percent chance or something crazy on them going down. So yeah, yeah and, and it would. But having said that, those of us who are old enough to remember, yeah, old lap of honour. Yeah, the, yeah. And, I've heard yeah, about it numerous times. The thing is, I said I think three weeks ago, I said I thought the, before the West Ham game. Mm. I said I could see us not winning another game, but three points would probably do it. Mm-hmm. We've got six points since then. And the way we're playing, you'd be amazed if we didn't pick up another point or no, two yeah. along the way. And that's going to be enough. And you know, it just relies on... It's not It's not like you're looking at one team below us who's got to have a brilliant run. You're looking at two teams who've got to win more games than they've won all season. That defeat by Sunderland will have knocked the stuffing out of Norwich... I mean, the Man City-Newcastle game would have just kicked off, but if Newcastle beat Man City, Liverpool, fair play to them. But I'm I'm guessing that by Saturday afternoon, Newcastle won't be out of catches. So that'll be, yeah. that'll be a lovely one. So we could be absolutely fine without even playing another league game. Well, well Sunderland well, kick off. Sunderland, weekend, Sunderland, Sunderland's game finishes just before the semi-final starts. And if they if they don't win that, then they've got to win all their games by them. So by the time the kickoff comes, we could be in we a situation of approaching... <laughs> and we could just enjoy Sunday. Well, no, no one's going to enjoy Sunday. <laughs> Jesus. <What's the> <laughs> <matter>? <laughs> but no, it's... it's there was. I'm not going to lie. There was a time a couple of weeks ago when I was starting to get... Mm. Not anxious, but I was starting to think that we... You know, it, Palace... You have a couple of dreams you do have a bed, good, yeah. yeah. Like you know, you know, I wrote down all the fixtures and, yeah. and my potentially what could happen and all. And that's what sort of teenager I am. But that crumpled piece of paper in my pocket looks more encouraging. It's still in your pocket, though. Yeah, it's still. Oh, of course, it's, it's, it's going to be in my pocket until <laughs> probably as a memento forever. But it's yeah. You know, the, the fact is as well when we when we do look back at the end of the season and go, yeah, we did have a panic. We shouldn't overlook that we should no. never have come to this. Yeah, and no. whatever happens, it's a spectacular fall from grace. Okay, well, uh, we're going to have a spectacular not fall from grace. No, That's not your best. Not right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because we're going to get into part two. There's the bell hey. for part two hey. right there. And we're going to have questions from our listeners. So join us in a bit. Hello and welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Pod uh, 177, sponsored vector printing for all your printing embroidery needs go to vector.co.uk and it's vector with a K and JCIS the global research and brand consultancy from South London visit jc-is.com I will oh very good and um, we've been joined in part two by Andy Street oh hello hello Right. How, uh, yeah, good. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. I'm why, swanning in here late. Why, why, why are you late? Charlie Big Potatoes. Uh, there was a privacy injunction against me for the first <laughs> part, and that's now been lifted. <laughs> Taken out by uh, an unnamed goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Initials WH. <laughs> but you can't identify him. <laughs> okay, good. Well, we're, we're glad. <laughs> We're glad you're here. You did miss actually in the first part the opportunity to. Uh, to, to we, we were all praising Wayne Hennessy for his performance. WH. <laughs> WH for his performances. So Played much better the last two games, hasn't he? 
Yeah. Yeah. That means a lot coming from you. Well, yeah, it does, yeah. Okay. Why do you think it was lifted? You, Shall we? You, now, tell everybody what you said just before we started recording. You said even I can spread myself out. There's all these, he's good at star jumping. You need jumping. to contextualise that a little bit. star jumping is what people, you said. No, I just said that he is fortunate in some ways in that the last two matches he's not had to move his feet too Everything much. went straight at him, you said. I, I, I just gave him unreserved <laughs> praise. You've mainly put in the caveats. But he was lucky that everything was straight at him. Okay, right. We've got lots of questions from our listeners and the first question comes from Michael Prendergast. Hi, Michael. Oh, hi, Michael. He says, was it a mistake not to start carrying Benzema against Arsenal? <laughs> Did you guys, you guys see that? No. Palace tweeted the team out and by mistake they put on the bench Benzema. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. And they tweeted the line Instead of what? I mean, how... Instead of Zaha, I think it was. Oh, I see. I, I don't know quite how that happens. Yeah, I, just, I must have, like, some aggressive autocorrect. Yeah. Yeah. I've never put Zaha on my iPhone and it's changed to Benzema before. It's never happened. Well, well, there you go. The club will be furious as well because they were trying to keep that move under wraps. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the start. big press conference start next season. Well, yeah. <laughs> what way to announce <laughs> it? I don't really rate him anyway. He's <laughs> <laughs> no Fraser Campbell, is he, Trev? Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't have him, yeah. No, yeah. I'd, I would tell him where to go. Okay. Um, the next question is from Sam Harris four eight nine six. Hi oh, Sam. Sam. Four eight nine six. He says oh, that's not his prisoner number, is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says, uh, "Do the panel think that Jules will ever play in red and blue again?" Uh, he might play in green. But, um, <laughs> uh, I. Do you know what? I, susp- I, I'm, I suspect the answer to that is probably no. Now he's had his testimonial. Um, I think it's intriguing that he signed a year's extension to his contract. Yeah. I, I suspect everything you hear from within the club indicates that Pardew literally thinks it's a question of him being too small. And I don't, I, we've, Andy missed this conversation, probably luckily, that where we talked about the fact that Hennessy, we wouldn't be surprised if he's our first choice goalkeeper next season, but I don't think Jules will be even a regular backup, to be perfectly honest. So, As but, long as Pardew's there, it's not, not going to happen, no. I don't think. No. Possibly somebody yeah. else he might come in, but it's been obviously not a fan. No, it's a shame. Yeah. Oh, it's a great shame, but I mean, I think the, the, the writing was on the wall when he didn't start the Liverpool game, even though he'd been on the bench. Mm. Or are you thinking previous. that he's only nine games off being our most appeared ever goalkeeper? I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised, but it's, it's Pardew's not the sort to play him in nine games just for sentimentality. But. Uh, you'd be, but having said that, I'm still this this fact that he's extended his contract by a year is a, an interesting one. Or that maybe keeping around as as a coach or some possibly, other yeah, possibly. But yeah, you can never yeah. see what happens behind the scenes. Yeah, but he's well with he's, the Friday night meetings. Yeah, <laughs> he's clearly third choice goalkeeper. So deal with it, Palace fans. Basically, well, they're, they're, yeah. that is yeah. Okay, the next question is from Tweeting Nav. Oh, hi, hi, hi Tweeting. He says, if you could pick one player. Other than Martin from the 1990 semi-final team to play on Sunday, who would it be? From the semi-final team. From the semi-final team. Basically, it's the final team. No, it's not. He can't play right. Right, someone in the final. It'd be Ian Wright if if he was fit and available. Yeah. Um, I would say Brighty, but I'm just going to not do that to piss him off if he ever finds out about this. Yeah, he'd be big-headed enough. Well, yeah, it's interesting that there's. Oh, I suppose we would. Yeah, Nigel Martin would probably get in there. Then, <laughs> it, I suppose. Um, it's always one of those difficult questions. It's so hard to compare players of that because even Wrighty now would probably struggle 
Although I suppose Jamie Vardy is a similar sort of player to Wrighty coming from out of nowhere and yeah. having that energy. But it's an interesting question. But we did a whole pod, didn't we, on picking our 1990 2015 team? Who did we have at centre back? Oh, actually, we did because we, we had more players from 1990 than we thought in the end, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. We had more possibly than we had from 2015. I think we did, yeah. 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 And the old grumpy ones on the pod shouted me down when I said that yeah, yeah. modern footballers are far better technically, physically and athletically. Yeah. No, I agree with you. No, they are, but I think we just got more nostalgic as the pod went yeah, on. Yeah, And so more crept in. Yeah, I'd say Pardew. I'm going to go Pardew. Oh, OK. Just yeah. to cheer him up. Well, also because we know that he scores the winner anyway, so yeah. we'll know what will happen. I don't think that's how time travel works. Um, <laughs> the next question... Worst episode of Doctor Who ever. <laughs> Right, the next question is from Chris Brown. Hi, Hi Chris. Chris. He says, uh, Who are your five penalty takers? Should the semi go to that? Well, it depends on the pitch. <laughs> it does, that's true, that's very true. Well, Goodbye would be one. Yeah. Wickham would be another. Yeah. If Gale's on, I'd stick him in there. Gale. Adebayor if he's on. Adebayor. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Attacking players. I don't. I don't think I'd stick. Would you stick Will? Oh, Jedinak yeah, would take a penalty if he was still still there. I'd take. Uh, I'd pick Suarez just because you'd never know whether it would clear the stadium roof that's or true. be one of the greatest penalties that's ever been taken. Yeah, it would certainly confuse the keeper. It would. Yeah. So I'll go then. Yeah, but let's 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 not even consider the idea of it going to penalties. No, I've, I'd said I'd be home for seven yeah. o'clock. <laughs> 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 a lot of trouble. <laughs> okay. Um, a lot of our questions are, are FA Cup themed, as you would expect for this week. Uh, but we are going to be doing an extra podcast, uh, extra. which will be released towards the end of the week, focusing on that. Because obviously there is a game before that, which is uh, May United, uh, which we will touch on at the end of this pod. Uh, the next question is from Wayne Hart Loveless. Oh, hi. Hi, Wayne. Wayne. He says, if we win the FA Cup, or actually win the <laughs> FA Cup, are any of the esteemed panel, that's us, going to get a tattoo? Uh, I've, I've I've already cleared this with Mrs Day. I am, but let's not let's none of us make rash promises because we still haven't got the one. We if we win the FA Cup, I will get a tattoo of the FA Cup. Right. Okay. We, we made, we made a rash face. promise. Last. Not on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Just might be a bit career limited. For me. Oh hi, how are you doing today, Mr Stewart? Oh, why have you got a tattoo of the FA Cup on your face? No, I'll, I'll get I'll get a tattoo. Of the it's scared to judge though. They, they, no one's. No. You're going to win every case well, you get. You've strolled you spiders web with an FA Cup tattooed well, on your face. But then the last time we made an, a, a tattoo related bold prediction was mm. if Palace stay up that yeah, first yeah, season. Yeah, and that worked. Yeah, yeah. And we still have not a tattoo. Do you not reckon yeah. no fate has kind of learned off that one, given that we made fake promises to it that if something happened that we'd do something that didn't? I'm this time go, well, you guys, you guys have made a fake promise before. Unless we yeah. get the tattoos between now and Sunday. I'd, I'd pretty much promised myself years ago that if Palace won anything, I'd get it tattooed. Okay, that's a good, it's a good promise. Yeah, maybe yeah. we should, maybe we should do that. Well, you're not going to anyway. You, I, well, I you will. Be able to bear the pain. I, I, uh, well, yeah, there's sponsors' that. name on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, do you expect to do tattoos? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. No, we can ask them though. Okay, next question uh, is from David Fraser. Hi, Hi David. David. He says, if our season's form had been the other way round, i.e., poor start, stronger finish, would Palace fans be happier now? Well, it has been two seasons before this, hasn't it? Really. Mm-hmm. We've managed to do what we did at the beginning of the season at the end of the season. If we were, if we were, it's a good, it's 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 a good question. I mean, because uh, arguably, if this run of form had been at the start of the season, we would have sacked the manager. Mm. Uh, and and when the season's over, I've, the fact that we're still in the Premier League 
is Paul, and we discussed this right at the start of the season that you know it, we're still at that stage in our Premier League career. We're staying in the Premier League is the first priority. And whatever happens between now and the end of the season, if we've stayed in the Premier League, then you will go. Yeah, that's a good, mm. that's a good season. But yes, it, of course, it always looks better when you're in real trouble at Christmas and someone comes in and turns of fortunes around. You'd be, you would be much more upbeat as we are simply off the back of three draws and a win in the last four games. And, and if we go into whatever happens at Wembley, if we go in to the start of the next season, having won a couple more games this season, of course, everyone would be. Mm. Because the fact is, we could still. The Premier League's been so poor this season that a club, a club who's only who, who drew two out of fourteen games, could be twelve exactly tomorrow. Yeah. Mm. That's and that's which would be ludicrous. I mean, that's why Everton fans made someone was so upset last week that we could have got above them after the terrible run. Well, there still is a possibility of the season that. If you were, we were to just turn it on and win three of our four yeah, games, you could end up could, being 12 for 11 for yeah, season. This could be, this could end up our best season ever. We could be not that far off last season's points total. Do you yeah. think if we end up, if we do end up 12th or 13th and get to the cup final, will this season be seen as a success or no, a memorable we, one? No, no, we t- oh, memorable, certainly, <laughs> of course it will be. But we talked earlier on, in fact, at the end of the part, the last part, with whatever happens, you can't ignore. What happened between January and and beginning of April? It's too, it's too long and too consistent to run a bad form. Mm. You know, for all the as I say, for all the excuses you make, you can't ignore what happened. No. You simply can't, and you can't, you you can't just go well. For, oh, brilliant, we finished twelfth. What a good season! You you have to look at what happened, why it happened, and make sure that never happens again. Because we shouldn't, we shouldn't be in a situation where we're looking at the Newcastle result tonight, even albeit semi jokingly. Just 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 shouldn't have happened. So. And we all know what needs to happen in the close season. We, we, we simply have to improve the squad. So. David added on uh, um, some information about points. After 34 games, which is what we played this season, last season we were 12 with 42 points. Had we been on 39 like we are now, we still would have been 12. So we're really not that far, we're not far away, we're not, we've, we? And that's the odd thing is that from around February, we've, not, we've always been almost completely matching the points total from last season. So we've never been that far off. <coughs> it, it's just that... <coughs> As is the nature of football fans, you're judging by what happened before Christmas mm-hmm. rather than what happened in the past two seasons. Because and and why wouldn't you? We all thought that we'd we'd pass some sort of milestone and become a much better club. And we haven't used Andy's favourite phrase for quite some weeks, but you know we reverted to the mean. Oh, uh, maybe, 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 maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. But we we compared we yeah we weren't comparing like for like. So it, it, I'm still I'm still of a generation that thinks staying in the Premier League is is a good is a good result but I mean I suppose a good thing is that it at least engender a little bit more realism amongst a lot of people like yeah. in the last two seasons when the bad runs occurred everyone if they wanted to take a slightly sort of revisionist approach could look back at them and go well it was all the fault of the two useless managers we had at the time it was all either Holloway's fault yeah. it was all Warnock's fault and once yeah. we got rid of them this brilliant squad started performing at the level that it was capable of and should have done in the first place and the only problem was the manager and this year it's kind of shown that you know fluctuations in performance can come down to more than just the manager because the manager was in charge in August he was mm. in charge up to the point at which yeah. that oh, good run pieces. took us to that End of end of end over performance, and he's been the manager since we've had the sort of uh, tail off at the other end. So I suppose at least it just demonstrates that you know that that squad still needs work, and it's not the finished article. Even, even finishing in thirteenth, you're yeah. going to have sort of ups and downs in every season. 
uh, around that sort of area of the table. And I suppose at least it you know reinforces both amongst fans, but also amongst the club. Because I think you know there's a danger if you finish a season like you did last season that you really do rest on your laurels yeah. a little bit because you say, well, look, we're doing okay. All we need to do is add a, a French garnish to this dish, <coughs> yeah. and we're, we're right, a complete, yeah. well, complete package. I, I, you know, realistically, if we want, if we talk about reality checks, 12th, 14th is probably where we are. As a club in the Premier League, and that's oh, that's why I've always and that's yeah. much better than we have been in the past. And I think you only have to look at Adi Bayor's comments today when he said that winning the FA Cup with Palace would be his biggest achievement, because he said we're not playing, and it's he'll probably say he's misquoted. He said we're not playing brilliant football, but that's not surprising with the players we've got. He was comparing us to the teams he's played for before, and which Real Madrid, and Man City yeah, and Real Madrid. Bit of a difference, but clearly that's an indication that <laughs> we've got a player like Adi Bayor who is happy to admit that we're the smallest club he's ever played for with the most limited squad and that this would be getting to Wembley would be a massive achievement and in the cold light of day finishing 12th is, is, a brilliant, is, a, is great for us well that's why we're, yeah. we're in that performance at the Emirates and uh, I'm sure you've gone through it in some depth in, in part one that I missed um, but it was kind of striking that a lot of the criticism amongst Palace fans wasn't for the performance off the ball it was for the performance once they got a limited amount of possession but if you're playing players like Joe Ledley and like Milo Jednak week in week out and giving them very little of the ball and expecting them to then do great things with it it's going to be difficult so you know it is a limited squad and we have to be you know realistic about that Okay. Uh, the next question is from Johnny Latimer hi Johnny hi Johnny Johnny says, uh, do you think given the impact he's had off the bench recently, and we talked about this in, in part one, uh, would Wilf be better used off the bench at Wembley? Well, I'd be interested. I mean, we we did cover this in some detail, so I'd be interested to hear what Andy thinks about it. It's, <coughs> he has been effective, but <coughs> having said that, when we have that lead spell, he was one of the only people that was playing consistently well yeah. from the start. Um, so Andy what do you reckon I suppose you've got to be careful when you think about that because yes he was effective off the bench but then you have to think about things in terms of what could have happened that didn't happen i.e. would he have still been affected had he started mm. was he playing in such a way that indicates that the only way in which he would have been affected would have been to come off the bench and I'm not sure that's necessarily the case he's, he's played well enough that I don't think he was you know, worthy of being dropped in the manner that he was dropped after one bad half at West Ham I thought it was incredibly harsh to, to, to drop him for those last two matches and yes he's performed well coming on against Norwich and coming on against Arsenal but to me you start your best players and you start someone who is able to make things happen and is mobile like Wilfred Zaha above Sacco yeah it's great that you know he can come on and stretch a game in the last 15 minutes if need be but what if Arsenal had taken sort of two or three of the chances that they did present yeah. to, that did present themselves to them? What what if Norwich in the sort of sixty minutes in which we were fairly mediocre at Selhurst Park had managed to put away one or one or two of the half chances they'd had? It then makes it a completely moot point, and you kind of mm. hamstring yourself by making sure that your best asset isn't available from the start to stretch a defence. I mean, if if you've got such a, a wealth of talent that. Zaha isn't, you know, by far and away in the top five players that you've got. Then, yeah, maybe you can afford to have that luxury to bring him off the bench to stretch a game late on. But we're just not in that place yet. And so, so to me, I would be starting him at Watford in the same way that I'd be starting him if fit every match. It, it, it might be, of course, that he's mastering his fitness. It might because he's still mm. young. It might be that, yeah, he was one of those <coughs> players who played pretty much every game during the bad spell. It might be that he just feels that he's not strong enough or fit enough to. to do a whole 90 minutes and he's better as an impact player so but yeah I mean Andy for everything that we said in the first part Andy's right you would we're not at a stage yet where we can't afford to start every game without our best mm. players but 
Pardew will say, well, it's worked, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Basically, so that's that's you know, and it worked on Sunday because that's what we were saying earlier in the first part. Andy, that the party would probably say that the plan is to make sure we're still in games and then bring Zahar on to either you know rectify the one goal behind or get us a goal to which win I can the see the merit in. But the problem is that I don't think we're quite at that level of sort of yeah. defensive aptitude where you're not riding your luck heavily for that to be able to happen. And you saw that against Arsenal. Now we did limit them to a certain extent to very few really clear cut chances but there were still some really clear cut chances yeah so but, but the other argument as well is that, and Travis mentioned this in the first one Zaha hasn't been doing the defensive legwork as well as he has been in the past so that might be another consideration yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's good though with the because obviously Zaha left us a couple of years ago so it is good that he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's good that he's back at us and we are getting probably some of the best football we've seen from Wilf in his career and he's with us yeah, yeah. as a full-time player and developing hopefully into the player that we want to yeah. see so that's you know well the player the Wilf we want to see is that Wilf in the last minute but it, it, that some Wilf up it, fantastically he used all his strength and, and pace and power to make that lung busting run down the right and then not, not making the pass and then, and then Wilf as well and then that was it it summed him up entirely and then chose the wrong option when Adebayor was probably just as well though because had Adebayor scored yeah, a last minute goal the Emirates yeah. the whole of North London would have self-combusted yeah. Yeah. but having well, said that but it, was, that but, but it was a real it was just a portrait of, of Zahar at his best and then ultimately it's most frustrating but I think certainly as the season's progressed he's looking more and more like the player we've yeah. We thought he was going to be yeah there's definitely been progress hasn't yeah it? I would have that doubt I, I definitely think him being dropped recently is a lot to do with his own mental game because I remember when I was when I was at the club before and it was when he was there before he went off to Man United I was, spoke to a couple of the academy managers who had obviously had him a few years previous and they just I was speaking to Sean Derry one time I went to the training and he's, he's a very smart guy and they just said look Wilf's one of those guys who's like you kind of sit him down in a chair and you go look Wilf you know, they gave him a they took his phone at training sessions, put a video on there of all his things he did good and bad in the last game. Just sit him down and focus him like that. So I think Pardew sometimes, it's almost like training a dog. You have to do the very basic things. Yeah. You know, if you, if you don't want them to do, you know, take take the food away or put the food there, if you want them to go there, it's just like drop him and then he'll realise. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes just saying something to some players, you're just going, oh, yeah, I'll play better next time, Gaffer. Oh no, wait, I'm dropped. Oh wait, I need yeah, to do yeah, something, yeah. get a bit of fire in my belly. Sometimes yeah. it's he just did the very basic, basic things. Yeah, yeah. Especially of players like Zaha, yeah. who aren't on the probably the same intelligence as your your Pirlo's and your Jedinaks yeah. and things like yeah. that. You know, yeah. pe- people well, just make it as easy yeah, as possible. I think the thing with Zaha as well is I, I think Balassi is as good as he's ever gonna be. Oh yeah. And Zaha isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why, as much as I love Balassi, he's still got he's, three years, three, four years. Yeah, I mean, Zahar, I'd, I'd be much more upset at losing Zahar than I would be at losing. No, Balassi's a bit much. of a late bloomer, they've always said yeah. that about him. He's been a championship player up until he's about 25, yeah. really, wasn't he? Yeah. The next question is from Carl Mortimer. Hi, Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Carl. He says, uh, Do the panel want to see Brighton go up or do we want to see them fail again? I. I, I I always think the best place for your local rivals is one division below you. I agree. I agree. Frankly, but I had a massive argument with a Palace fan the other day who said, "No, you've got, they've got to be in our division so the world can see us beating them home and away." But I would much rather, uh, and Brighton fans listening to this know that there's no real malice involved in this. I just want them to get a real taste of going up and then cock it up. Oh, also, I, I want them. Are there any Brighton fans going? listening to this? I'd be surprised if they haven't realised their mistake by now. <laughs> realistically, I wouldn't want them to come. But you know, if I go to bed and have a nice, nice dream, 
it will be coming up and going down with less than Derby. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, that's that's the dream for me. Coming that up and going good. down with less than Derby. Yeah, there's always that worry. Be, that being in the Premier League, they might, league, do, they might always... do a Bournemouth. That's the trouble. They got money. Yeah, they yeah. they have got money, and, and yeah. all the time they're in the Premier League, there's always that, that chance that they will beat us. No, exactly. It's always it's always much better. You you, f- you just feel better in yourself to be a division above them, two yeah. divisions above Millwall and Charlton. I agree. Which is how it should be. The natural order of things. It's taken <laughs> it's taken several decades. Yeah. But the it's natural order of things has been restored, yeah. and the the big proper club are in the big proper division, and the other no it's marks are in club, yeah. various various. I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with Kevin. Here. I, yeah. I, I think it's completely wrong that your rivals should be one division below you. They should be at least four. Oh, right, five, I'd, yeah. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Team sponsored by Vanarama. Yeah, like that that lie down in the pyramid. Yeah. For these playoffs coming up, I'd, I'd like them to miss out. Preferably by goal difference on automatic promotion. Yeah, but goal scored. But goal scored. Goal difference the same. In, in, goal like, score, I, I want yeah. a Brian Dean style scenario oh, in the yeah. last five minutes <laughs> yeah. of the full calendar. Yeah. And then I want them to lose in the semi finals again so they don't even get a Wembley trip. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'd all be happy with that. Okay, yeah. next question from Kevin Childs. Hi, Kevin. Kevin. He says, Who's getting to the pub earliest for the semi on Sunday? He's going for 10 30 a.m. Oh, mate, mm. listen, we know what happened at the playoffs when <laughs> a group of middle-aged men decided to be in a pub at half eight. Which one? <coughs> the, one by, the one by Baker Street Station, which is uh, the one where the inflatable Carl Meritz... <laughs> well, I, I'm not going and... to the pub on Sunday because like a lot of people um, supporting a marathon runner. Because yep. we've got the marathon, haven't we, on Sunday? So there's going to yep. be a lot of Palace fans who think you're either going to miss out on the match or not going straight to the carry on running kit. Yeah. Or carry on running. Yeah, so good luck to all of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I've got a much worse reason for not getting too drunk before because I've got, I've got the BAFTAs afterwards. <laughs> oh, God. You're the worst. <laughs> well, at the moment, I might have to get the semi final in my dinner jacket and bow tie. <laughs> that would be so incredible. If we get to penalties, I won't be there to see them, unfortunately. Let's hope we don't get to penalties. But actually, I might, I'd quite like to actually have some actual memories of the game at Wembley this time rather than having to watch the highlights over and over again. <laughs> <To remind laughs> like the playoffs to remind me what happened. Although oh, no, I was fine at the game, it's just afterwards. When... Mm. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. You want to put money on a Watford uh, penalty being conceded as well? Because they, they've conceded penalties all over the place this season. Two, two in the last match. Yeah. They like putting stupid fouls on Zaha, so I'm yeah. predicting they're going to give away at least one penalty. It's like the old days, wasn't it? Wasn't he, didn't he become the first keeper ever to save two against one player in one game? Did he? I think, I think, or well, maybe not know something that. like that. Okay, I don't know. We'll go with that. We'll don't quote me on it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right, that's the end of uh, part two. Thank you very much for your questions. Uh, in part three, we're going to look forward to that midweek game against Man United briefly. Um, so join us in a bit. Welcome back to this week's Five Year Plan Podcast. Pod one seventy seven sponsored by Vector Printing for all your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K. JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Uh, don't forget you can rate us on iTunes and we will climb the pod table much like Palace are doing right now um, so go on to iTunes give us a five star rating and give us a nice comment and we will love you forever um, right we're going to briefly preview so we're not, not going to preview we won't love you enough to have a tattoo of your name done though no but we depends what name you got That's if true. your name's like Lombardo yeah mm. yeah 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 exactly um we might, we might do that. We won't. Um, so we're not going to preview the semi-final because we're going to do an extra, extra pod in a few days' extra. time to do that. Um, but we are going to briefly preview the Manu game. 
um, which is Wednesday night away at Man U and we've got a couple of questions for that so I've saved one of the questions for part three and it comes from uh, I don't think this is a person's real name uh, Zulu Zulu Echo Romeo Oscar that's Zero 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 so someone called Zero um, has said hi Zulu hi hi Zero <laughs> should we field a weakened team against Man U time to blood a few development team players I think they're all out on loan anyway well, we're going to field a weakened team because of this mysterious rash of injuries we've got that will yeah. be, is it the right decision it might not have been three weeks ago but it's never the best of atmospheres at Old Trafford anyway and you imagine tomorrow night the atmosphere is going to be non-existent because Wednesday night uh, I'll be amazed I'd be amazed if, if United didn't rest players I'm sure they will start with Rooney but they'll rest other players because like we said before that Van Hal's job pretty much rests on him getting to Wembley and winning the FA Cup I think Rooney will play every yeah. game at Old Trafford this season yeah, I think he will because yeah. he's one goal off 100 yeah. at Old Trafford and the only player to score over 100 goals at one stadium is Omri 114 at Ivory very good good, good stat, good stat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very remember good that one stat. Yeah. Well, they will start Rooney I think whatever happens tomorrow night it's not going to be a game full of Blood and thunder and rash tackles, is it? It, it feels a sort of bit of a game that like I think everyone would just kind of wants to get out of the way a bit. But I'm just it? interested to see what the back four is going to be. Yeah. If, if Ward and Dan have both got mysterious knocks. Maybe our friend Martin Kelly might get Mariapa. I was thinking Mariapa. He'll put Hangerland. I don't think he'll put Kelly in at centre back. He'll put Kelly in at. Uh, Right back, right back, and Hangerland at centre back. I would imagine. Just as long as it's not as tedious as the match of the Emirates. I'd like to see. Um, it will be. I'm Hangerland dealing with the pace at Rashford. I don't yeah, know, but I, again, he's one of those players you wouldn't expect to start. Rashford is. I, I think United fans. I think the FA Cup's become their priority. And they play football basically. Do you remember that episode of The Simpsons where they did yeah. what football's like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah, go yeah. Pass it. Go They pass yeah. it around the defence for ten minutes at a time, and that's basically Man United this season. So yeah. it's, it's not going to be and the most enthralling of matches. And they they really struggled against Villa, who are arguably one of the poorest Premier League sides mm. ever in history. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the team is, and for all that Pardew talks about momentum, etc. I would imagine Andy Boyle would start tomorrow night. Yeah, I think it would. I would too. guess. Does it feel a bit more like if we can come through this game, um, maybe get a point, that'd be great, and that would almost certainly be yeah. safe. But if we come through and we haven't really had any injuries to any big players, that's kind of maybe a bit more important. Whatever happens, we all looked at the fixture. Even if, even a few weeks ago, before we got the point at West Ham, you looked at the fixture list and you went, let's get past Man United and Arsenal and then we've got Stokes, Newcastle, Southampton yeah. and we all think we can get points from those games. The way we're playing you wouldn't be surprised if we got a point in Man United but I think we could easily get a point from Man United. But, but again I, I still think it would be a, a bonus point uh, and it is one knows let's get it out of the way and then we'll see what happens in the last three games But it, and the fact that we've got six points out of the last four games makes it a lot more mm a lot more comfortable of course it does and the fact is yeah that anything there tomorrow night would pretty much put the seal on it so. yeah. but I think Travis is right I don't think we should be worried about going up there does it and feel a bit like um, the, the fear factor has kind of gone from teams like Man U and, and arguably all the sort of kind of traditional top four teams that now anyone even Palace now with a semi-final to come we can still go there Andy and still feel fairly confident of getting a result it's not the same as going to Old Trafford in the 90s is it it's not, I think just Every team in the Premier League now, generally, is so well conditioned mm. physically and in terms of like their endurance levels and all that sort of stuff that they they can match these teams generally for all the physical aspects of the game. Mm. And then the only thing that they're you know having to deal with is the fact that these guys are probably going to have slightly smarter 
runs off the ball slightly better first touch slightly better you know yeah. ability yeah. to deliver a dead ball but they're not going to outrun anyone anymore they're not going to outfight anyone anymore and they're not going to be able to outmuscle anyone and because of that I think there is a certain element that you know teams from probably 17th all the way up to the, the, the sort of you know lower lower echelons of the top half aren't scared of anyone well I've always yeah, been okay. more confident as a Palace fan going to play Man United than I do Watford yeah yeah, yeah. So I always and you always we always play better football you always end up losing 1-0 and I do think we are owed a point against Man United this season because we definitely dropped two at home. Yeah. We should have definitely won that game. Mm. So, and, and I think yeah. the, the thing is as well, I mean, Leicester have shown that you can go anywhere and play without fear. But also, since Ferguson went, Old Trafford's not the same anyway. You, you don't have that fear that referees are scared of Ferguson. The crowds, the atmosphere is just completely gone. So they're not a 12th man anymore. It's just, and, and they get, in fact, they get on the team quite quickly if they're not doing well. Van Hal's not popular. Yeah, Rashford's kind of covered over papered over a lot of cracks yeah. for them because and Van Hal to his credit has has played kids, which is something we should look at. But I'd expect him to start with a few tomorrow night. But do you know what? It's one of those games where you'd think, you know, Pardew and Van Hal should just shake hands before the game and say, Look, Neil Neil will do it for both of us, won't it? Yeah. And let's not let's not get anyone sent off or injured. So you'd expect a kind of I'm imagining a kind of testimonial feel to it almost, you know. <laughs> That's right. Even if we well, do get drunk, I'm sure there'll still be people chanting "Oldham" in the corner of a room. No, yeah, 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 back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, Caps. I wasn't going to do in this day because we'd run out of time, but I'd right. forgotten that I did actually prep a couple of really good ones. So can right. I round off this pod by doing a couple of in this days, on this days, yeah, in this week, whatever we call you, it these you're days. You're in charge, you've got the chair. I wouldn't have explained that to people, really. I would have just said, yeah. I'd have just said we're going to end with... the list is in the loop of what's, what's yeah, going on. Good, yeah, yeah, good, okay. a longer loop, that's all. Um, okay, on this day in 2014, what did Palace do? Yeah, what was that? So 19th of April 2014, what did Palace do? Did we secure safety against West Ham? We did, indeed. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So there you go. So it may well be uh, tomorrow night. Could well be was the that same. With the nil-nil draw. One nil win. Oh, one nil win. One nil win. Yeah, what's Jed that penalty? Of course, yeah. because yeah. I remember the one uh, the players lining up. To oh, there's that great photo. Yeah, there's a photo. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Photo up there today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Jed Well, let's put money on a Jed that penalty tomorrow night. Then. Well, there you go. And also on this day in 1969, what did Palace do? We got promoted to the first division for the first time. Big day for Palace. Big Fulham 3-2. After being 2-0 down at half-time. Wow. Most Palace way of doing things. Yeah. yeah. Although it wasn't the last game of the season, we still had another game. But that the was way the game. That, yeah, but that was the way that uh, the game that sealed it. Yeah. So but, and it turns out April 19th is a big day yeah, in, Palace, in Palace's history. Yeah, April 19th is today, isn't it? Just a bit, bit of a shame plan so May 9 on the 20th, 20th eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> but if, they were, if they would only move the game forward <laughs> so 24 out. hours, we'd be only 10 minutes notice. But it's in this week, isn't it? If you do a bit of research, you'll find out we've been relegated three times on the 20th. <laughs> <laughs> well, just in case. It's this week, you're right, absolutely. This is a good week. It's a big week for Palace. It's a good week. That twice in 110 years... We've won games. Yes, yeah, so 108. <laughs> so we've got 108 against two. I just think I just think those are two big games in Palace's history, and they happen this week. So two, so two of the bigger games in our history. Yes, certainly. Who would so, have thought that the bigger moments would come towards the end of the season, <laughs> May, May, yeah, yeah, April, yeah, and May, yeah, yeah. and then back in December we would start with Rubens and Kalinko visiting the club shop. <laughs> <laughs> I, for one, am I'm, I'm absolutely amazed. Yeah. Well, they may have visited the club shop in April as well. We, we'll never know. I'm just trying to make us feel a little bit more positive about the, no, the big well, games no, they got this week. Right. No, yeah. you're right. This, this, Good, they're great anniversaries there you go and I think that is a positive note to end this week's pod on so thank you very much for listening there will be an FYP pod extra 
in a few days' time to preview, specifically preview that FA Cup semi-final. Uh, but until then, uh, thank you very much for listening, Kevin, Travis, Andy. When you did turn up, thanks for being here. That's all right. Thank you. And uh, listeners, you'll hear from us soon. So goodbye. Time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.